0: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. So glad you're here. Look at this. Place is packed out. I'm really honored that you guys are here. And guys, thanks for leading us in worship so much. Uh, yeah. Love that. I was, I was thinking as, as we were singing all those songs, just how much hope there is in all those Christmas songs. You know, like no matter what else we bring to this season and maybe even this evening, just that there would be a new spark of, of hope and joy um, just found in this place, even for a moment, to recapture hope and joy in Christ. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you're here to, to celebrate Jesus with us and celebrate his birthday. Um, we've got to find peace and joy around, and it's, it's in these moments that we can maybe set aside stuff going on. Maybe there's, I don't know, wildfires in Australia, right? There's political stuff. I don't know, probably you haven't heard about that. There's political stuff going on. Um, Incredible weather reports, right? 60 degrees in Iowa. What's with that? Yeah, that's a clap up. Um, There's all sorts of stuff um, going on in the news. As always, every now and then somebody will ask me, like, where, where do you get your news? You seem like you're kind of up on the news. Where do you get your news? Um, I don't know if this will be offensive to you guys. I actually don't go to any American media. I go to BBC, uh, British Broadcasting Corporation, and get their global news. That's, that's kind of my mainstay for, for my... News feed, that's how I found out, by the way, that Zambia sent home their American ambassador today. Anyway, another, another story, but that's where I get my news, and so I was really surprised. I think it was just yesterday, I go on the BBC thing just to get some global news, and I find this picture of little Prince Archie. I want you to see this. So there's the Merry Christmas card uh, from little Prince Archie. So here's the deal. The reason I'm bringing up, the, it is pretty adorable, Right? Pretty cute kid. But the reason I bring this up is I thought, oh my word, of all the things going on in this world, I go to BBC, this trusted source for global information, you know, and I'm, oh, Merry Christmas, Prince Archie. And here's the thing about Archie Um, Archie has like no shot at becoming a king, right? You guys know that. Like, his dad doesn't stand a shot at becoming a king. At best, Archie's uncle, maybe some cousins, might become king. Like, The bench is so long between him and becoming a king, like he can't even see it from where he's at, right? He'll never get to the big house. So I just thought, here is this obscure prince getting literally global attention on Jesus' birthday, right? Which is in such contrast to actually the way Jesus, king of the universe, um, actually landed on this planet and the kind of fanfare that he got. So that's, that's where I want us to go uh, as I read for you from Luke chapter 2. So maybe you have your Bible with you tonight. Otherwise, I'm going to read it for you as well. But Luke chapter 2, I just want you to, to think of the contrast, um, how we kind of give a lot of fanfare and attention to future kings, future monarchs, future rulers of all kinds, And here comes, again, the king of the universe and uh, this familiar story. So let me read for you Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. It says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people Today in the city of David a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people that he favors. And when the angels had left them and returned to heaven The shepherds said to one another, Man, let's go straight to Bethlehem. Let's see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off. They found both Mary and Joseph, and and the baby was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart, meditating on them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard which were just as they had been told. So, the setting um, is actually pretty startling when you think about it and when you put it in any kind of context, whether present day or even back then. If you, if you look at the beginning of that chapter, in Luke chapter two, the first part, it talks about this is all going on during the reign of Caesar Augustus. And, and he sends out this decree, right? Caesar Augustus, who, I don't know if you guys are into history at all, but Caesar Augustus is probably one of the most famous of all the emperors, rulers of the Roman Empire. It was actually under him that you've heard of the Pax Romana, the Peace of Rome, this 200 plus year uh, time span where literally the whole known world was kind of at peace and rest and dominated, actually tyrannized, but, but at, at relative peace because of this guy who started that whole thing, just a powerful ruler, in fact, expanded the kingdom, uh, you know, unparalleled to any, any other emperor. So here is Caesar Augustus, even his name, he kept changing his name, interestingly. One of the names he took on along the way actually in Latin means son of God. So he called himself son of God is actually part of his name and title. And then by the time we get to here, he's actually attached, like I think, the sixth name to himself, this Augustus, which means like divine, like to be revered, to be honored. So here, here is Caesar Augustus, and what, what I'm trying to say by that is, When the angel decided to step out of the gates of heaven and come down and make the news that Jesus was coming, he didn't even take a glance at Rome. He didn't even give a a passing glance to this little emperor, Caesar Augustus over there. Like He made a beeline for these pastures, (laughs) This, this little meadow where there were, I don't know, two or three, a handful of shepherds there. So even that, you guys, I just want you to catch the wonder of that, that God sent an angel not to find the most important person to tell on the planet, but to these little shepherds. I was thinking of, if it had gone the other way, it would be something like during the reign of Caesar Augustus, as Caesar walked on the parapet of his lofty castle, an angel came to him and said, oh, your highness. As ruler of the world, I thought it might be fitting to let you know that the king of the universe has been born, you know. Would you like to be the first one to meet him? Like that would seem appropriate, right? Like here's this earthly monarch should be the first one invited in, but no, the angel just comes straight to this meadow, just this obscure place to nameless shepherds, some obscure little pasture land outside of this little Bethlehem, this podunk Bethlehem, right? And that's where he wanted to make his appearance. So, the reason that I, I bring that up, guys, is because I think there's really something at Christmas time, this night, that we need to consider about Jesus Christ and where we stand in relationship to him. And the first thing that I want us to really just meditate on, even based on Luke 2, God didn't choose these shepherds because of who they were. And I want you to just hit pause in this familiar story to think about this. God did not choose these shepherds because of who they were. They are nameless. Like Caesar Augustus gets named. Quirinius the governor gets named. Later, Anna, Simeon, all these, Joseph, Mary. A lot of people get their names thrown into this narrative. Their names aren't even recorded. These nameless guys, they held jobs that required a ton of work, they worked long hours, horrible conditions, often sneered at by the people that they would end up selling their sheep or the wool to or whatever. Um, they got no respect, you know. They didn't even have, like, Hayden Fry having, you know, some A&F except, you know, America needs shepherds or something. You know, like, they didn't get a and emblazed on jerseys and on baseball caps, right? Look, there wasn't Hayden Fry to give them any kind of notice or anything. They were just simple shepherds actually marginalized even by peasant standards. Marginalized. So no one was more surprised that they got invited in to see the birth of the king of the universe than they were. And there's a passage, as I meditated on that, I thought about this passage. I'll have it on the screen for you from 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. It says this. Brothers and sisters, consider your calling Let's be honest. Not many were wise from a human perspective. Not many were powerful. Not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. There's something deeply embedded in what the gospel is in the way that he came to the shepherds that's going to be telling about the way that he comes to us in that he doesn't come to the wise and the noble, and the heroic, and the powerful. He comes to the obscure, and the weak, and the ignoble. Uh, There's a verse later on in that paragraph that says, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. (laughs) Not in themselves, but just in the Lord. So, I get this, you guys. As I was thinking about this, I thought, you guys, I was born in the Mitchell County Hospital, Mitchell County Memorial Hospital. I don't know who it's even memorializing, but Mitchell County Memorial Hospital. I will, be bo- I will be buried in the Orchard Cemetery. I know that because I've already bought my plot from my cousin who runs the cemetery up in Orchard, Iowa. So born in the Mitchell County Memorial Hospital, I'll get buried in this obscure little, but there's a really beautiful maple tree right where I'm going to get buried, so come see. Um, <laughs> Orchard, Iowa, that's where my, my six burial plots, I've got some siblings trying to snag one of them from me. Nope, they're mine. Pretty obscure. You don't get any more obscure. You don't get any more irrelevant. You don't get any, any more ignoble than me and take a look around the room. <laughs> I'm in good company, right? I mean, let's be honest. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying, let's look around. We're, we are those people. If there was a scale, what I'm saying is, if there's a scale, kings, shepherds, All of us in this room are way into the shepherd category of humanity, right? Just the simplest people. And what I'm saying, this is a beautiful thing that Jesus comes and reveals himself to people like you and me. We didn't have to wait in the back of the line. We didn't have to wait to someday get invited to be introduced to Jesus. Jesus actually comes and makes you, he makes a beeline for you and for me. And wants us to know this incredible good news with great joy, right? He didn't choose you because of who you are. Didn't choose the shepherds because of who they are. Didn't choose you because of who you are. But there's a joy in that. Because along with that, I think the other thing is he also didn't choose the shepherds for what they would accomplish, Right? In other words, it wasn't like he was just going to discover these diamonds in the rough and then they were going to go on to greatness. Like, you don't know it yet, but these dudes, they're going to be powerful. They're going to hit this road. You know, they're going to turn the world upside down. No, no, no. Understand. They went back to being shepherds. That's what they did. These nameless guys went back to being nameless guys on some pasture near this little obscure town of Bethlehem. That's what the Bible says. It says, after the, all this stuff happened, the shepherds in verse 20, they just returned, right? All of a sudden, ah, ah, oh, hey, somebody's got to get back there, right? And they just went back to their jobs, working long hours and sleepless nights and being shunned by the people that were all around them, right? They, they weren't invited because of what they would do for him or who else they might invite in to meet Jesus. Guys, I really want you to hear this. God chose them because he wanted them to be there. Period. No more story to it. He looked down from heaven, saw these simple shepherds, and invited them in just because he wanted them there. <laughs> he wa- they didn't disappoint him by not taking their show on the road and telling the whole world. He just wanted them there. And they got to witness What no other human before or after has ever been able to witness. So, guys, when the angel came, I want you—if you've got your Bible—take a look at it. When the angel comes to him, the angel comes and actually stands with them. Here's what happens, I think, with these these Bible stories. We start getting them all mixed up, and there's stars, and there's the sky, and there's you know manger. And so we get in our minds that this angel kind of hung above there somewhere, shouting down to them. But that's not actually what the narrative says. He went and stood before them. So here they are, probably a couple of them getting a cat nap, or one of them watches all the sheep or whatever, and all of a sudden, boom, he's, and he's standing like right in front of them. How terrifying would that be? Not even kind of safely up in the sky. Like, I don't know if he's like got a foot on a rock or whatever, but he's like really right there just looking into their eyes and all their glory. If you if you've read through the Old Testament, you know some of these angels, they're scary dudes. At the very least they're brilliant and bright and powerful, often with swords, and so they were rightly just terrified at, at what was going on. And then that's not enough. He talks to them for a while, and then a multitude all start singing. But again, you guys, erase that picture you've got in your mind of them kind of coming up and hovering They're on the ground. They're surrounding the shepherds. Can you imagine this? All of a sudden, you're there, and this massive choir of angels all beaming with light, and who knows what else is going on, right? And they're like, I can't imagine how euphoric that would be, right? Can you imagine, like, so I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's there's time okay, well, I I just got back from Africa. Some of you guys know this, you're gonna get tired of Africa stories. I'll try to hold them to a minimum. I imagined, as I imagined this scene, being surrounded by a bunch of Zambians singing worship songs. Like standing in the middle and being like a donut, you know what I mean? Surrounding me and just belting out worship songs. Have you guys seen that thing where Kanye has his whole choir in the airplane and James Corden is in the airplane and they all start singing their worship songs. Like, can you imagine what it'd be like to be James Corden in the middle of the plane? This worship all around like that's what I'm saying. Like, here's these shepherds. It was a quiet night, stars, you know, all of a sudden, bam! They are just being surrounded by the heavenly choir singing to them. And it wasn't so that they would record it and get it on YouTube. It wasn't so that anybody else could take advantage of it. God gave them a front row seat to that whole scene just because he loved them, just because he wanted them there and wanted them to enter into his glory for that moment. Is that cool? These simple shepherds just being, bam, dropped into such a heavenly scene. And then they get to be the first ones to meet Jesus, Like it says, they go to Bethlehem and they see, oh, it's just exactly like I said. Their eyes are looking at the King of Kings. They are the first ones on the scene to meet Jesus Christ. And after they meet Jesus, look what it says. They told all their friends, man, you should have seen what we just saw. So they're telling their friends and everybody, the market guys on on the way back, on their way back to the meadow, (laughs) on their way back to the sheep, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which they had just been told. Because see, when the angels even said, you guys, when the angels even said earlier, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. The angels weren't just singing that kind of in general about the whole world. Remember the scene. These shepherds were looking at angels who were looking them right in the eye And saying, he's come for people he favors. And looking right into their eyes. What a moment that these shepherds would be told, you mean, me? (laughs) Like God's favor is resting on me? So here's what I want you to to just meditate on. That's why I'm saying, I don't know what else is going on in your head as you enter this Christmas season. But just this simple story of the shepherds, guys, Jesus didn't reveal himself to you because of who you are. He knows exactly who you are. He, he knows how kind of obscure you are. You don't bring much to the table. It's not like he's seeing a diamond in the rough. He can't wait to see what you're going to do. Oh, if I could just get a hold of that guy, if I could just get a hold of her, man. And you're not going to disappoint him if you don't just make headlines someday, right? He loves you with an everlasting love and is inviting you into his presence. He wants to say to you, I have got good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And the reason I want you to lock in on that, again, I bring to you good news of great joy, which will be to all the people is because I was thinking about another passage that had to kind of ring in the hearts of these shepherds as they went back to mundane life and long hours and cold, sleepless nights and everything else. There's a passage that they had probably heard as they went to synagogue growing up from Habakkuk chapter 3. And I'm going to have it on the screen for you because I want you to hear these words. Here's this promise that the prophet had given. Though the fig tree does not bud, And there's no fruit on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls. Yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. So they might have gone back to their sheep and their pasturing. But I'm telling you, those shepherds were never the same. <laughs> and there were some years, as the years went on for those shepherds, that things got pretty lean again. Maybe there was a drought Maybe some pest came, and maybe, maybe there's a pestilence. Maybe, maybe, maybe some sheep died. Whatever it is, they, they had some hard years coming, just like the hard years that were in the rearview mirror. Well, I guess they didn't have rearview mirrors back then, but in the past. So there are there hard times yet to come for these guys. They were never going to be the same. And I wonder if they entered every annual time where they would celebrate that momentous day that Jesus came to them and I wonder if the words of Habakkuk kind of came through. You know what? Man, that fig tree didn't bud this year. Man, my, my sheep pens are pretty empty this year. Man, things aren't going quite the way that I'd, I'd hoped they would. But I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. He came to me. He's come for me. And I'm gonna rejoice in myself. In fact, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the one giving me strength to face that drought, to face those empty pens. The Lord is giving me strength to to stand and even to walk, to keep moving forward through this life because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And one day these weak legs that he's just giving me strength to take the next step and take the next step, these weak legs are gonna walk through the doorway of the palace of the king And he's going to know me by name, and he's going to be welcoming. And and those scarred hands that he's going to reach out for me are the hands that say, I love you. And I loved you before you were anything, and you didn't really do much for me while you were there. It doesn't matter. I love you. And that's what Christmas reminds me of. Reminds me that I have a, a hope. I have joy no matter what. You're facing, and I have a home, and it's because Jesus came for us. Man, may Jesus give us that kind of joy and hope in a world of darkness, even this Christmas. So, what I'd love to do is, is pray for you and for me. So, will you bow with me and, in prayer? Because, Jesus, as we meditate on this. And just so familiar story, Lord, I just kind of stand in awe again, Lord, for the way you came, and most of all, that you would come for me. (laughs) That you would come for me. And so, Lord, I don't know, as I look out on this sea of faces, I don't know what kind of maybe darkness is going on. Maybe there's some empty sheep pens Maybe there's some loss, and maybe there's just some joy. Whatever all my friends here are facing, Lord, would you stir within us hope and a joy inexpressible that can only come because we know there is a God who brings us good news of great joy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray to you. We want to say happy birthday to you, Jesus, and we want to celebrate your birth. Fill our, fill our mouths with the kind of songs that really you deserve on this day for giving us so much joy. We love you, Jesus, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen.